So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this, the 3rd of May, it's the fourth Sunday of Easter. And help me to produce the programme and help me, help me to guide me in the programme again. Shane Abrams, good morning, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Not too bad. 
We, we want to especially welcome our listeners who are housebound, lonely or struggling in some way today, and also our listeners who support us each week in prayer, and we thank you so much for that. I, after, I meet them around Newcastle West, and thank you again for, for the prayers. Believe in me, Shane, myself, and all of our guests need those prayers. Thank you so much. Our programme is broadcast on West, uh, West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. The podcast of Sacred Space, uh, Sacred Space 102 FM are just some of the Come and See Inspiration podcasts available for playback and download at our Come and See Inspirations podcast page. So that's on Come and See Inspiration.buzzpread.com. Just Google Come and See Inspiration as you get us there. And really, wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Uh, you can contact us if you wish, and please do so by texting 87 6088 That's 87 6088 Or email come and see inspirations at gmail.com. That's 087 for the text, 6088-667. Or email come and see just to note, these days, because of the current restrictions uh, due to the COVID-19 virus uh, we're experiencing, the 10 a.m. slot each Sunday morning is being devoted to our broadcasting of uh, Sunday Mass from Abbeyfield Parish. That's 10 a.m. of a Sunday morning. And uh, 11 p.m. Uh, uh, 11 p.m. slot will actually be the broadcast of this particular program that we're recording at the moment. So 10 a.m. every Sunday morning until further notice will be Mass. Uh, just to remind listeners again, each week, uh, each weekday during the week after the 1 p.m. news here on West Limit 102, we broadcast the Rosary by Dana and Father Scannon. So now Shane might just join us again, rejoin us again, and tell us maybe a few more saints we're going to keep our eye on this week, Shane. Sure, John. Uh, as you said, we're into the fourth week of Easter. It's going very quick, folks, in one respect, you know, if you think about it. So for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week four for the Divine Office. So celestial guides accompanying us through the coming week. Who do we have on the calendar? So on Monday, the 4th of May, we have St. Conlet. Now, I liked... I like the story around Conlet. Conlet is very much associated with St. Bridget of Kildare. Originally from Wicklow, he lived as a hermit until Bridget persuaded him to act as the priest for her community in Kildare. And he, in the life of St. of Bridget, the story of her life, he was, he's, um, he was a bishop and also the abbot of the monks at the monastery because Bridget, of course, had a joint monastery of men and women. And he was supposed to have been buried beside Bridget in the great church in Kildare. So that's St. Conlis on the 4th of May. On the 5th of May, we have the feast day of Blessed Edmund Rice, of course, who's from Callan in County Kilkenny. And he, of course, set up, uh, I always get this wrong, it's the presentation brothers uh I, yeah i think uh, he sold his possessions and dedicated his life of course to the education of the poor so he's one of those of our saints whose cause is in process and uh so we're waiting to see what, what happens in terms of whether to go on to the next step that's on the 5th of may on the 6th of may with the feast day of saint dominic savio he is a young Salesian saint and um in Turin and died young, uh, worked, with, worked, worked with Don Bosco, but died young from illness. And he's very much held up as a saint for young people in the modern world. Then on the 7th of May, we have the feast day of St. John Beverly. John Beverly is an English, he's an English saint associated, <clears throat> excuse me, with York, studied at Canterbury 
and set up uh, the, the, a monastery at Inderwood, which later became known as Beverly, which was an important ecclesiastical centre. And he's also famous because he ordained the Venerable Bede, who is a famous uh, historian of the early English church. So that's John Beverly on the 7th of May. Then on the 8th of May, we have the feast day of Saint of Blessed John Sullivan, Ireland's latest uh, beatified individual, uh, uh, individual very much crossing the ecumenical uh, space. He was born in Dublin in 1861, and he was raised in the Church of Ireland because that was the Christian tradition of his father. He went to school in Enniskillen, studied at Trinity, and then in, at the age of 35, he became a Roman Catholic. And then in 1900, he entered the Jesuits and was ordained a priest in 1907. And he spent most of his time in Clongo's uh, College in County Kildare, where he had an ex- a great reputation for holiness and very much for available, being available to the sick. And he died in 1933. Now, the interesting thing, John, about John Sullivan is the fact that his beatification, which took place in 2017, in, in St. Francis Xavier Church in Gardner Street in Dublin was the first time there was an official beatification celebration held in Ireland. Then on the 9th, which is uh, Saturday, we have the feast day of St. Gregory of Ostia. He's a, early, a saint associated with the early Roman church, Benedictine monk, priest, abbot of the monastery, very much associated with the Pope at the time, Benedict the Ninth, And he's venerated particularly... Uh, for those that are looking for protection or saving crops from pests. So someone should basically talk to him about interceding for against those locusts in East Africa at the moment. So that's what we have, John, in terms of celestial guides this week. Now, I just also want to remind people that during the week, obviously May is a month very much associated and dedicated uh, to Our Lady. And uh, for the month of May, Pope Francis at this particular time has encouraged families and individuals to consider praying the rosary. Very traditional devotion, of course, associated um, with the Catholic Church. And as well as that, the Pope has also um, published two prayers that are to be said in addition to the rosary that one might pray. Now, I'm not going to read them out this morning. They're quite um, substantial um, pieces. Uh, but if people are online and if you Google Pope's prayers for May, that they will come up. Or if you know somebody that doesn't have internet access, that but would like it, maybe you might consider printing it out for them and just popping it through their letterbox so that they could have it while respecting social distancing as well. Um, of course, as then for you know, great traditions associated with May in the month of May in the beginning of summer. And maybe maybe this year, if you're looking for something to do with the kids, uh, maybe encourage them to find a picture of Our Lady online, to print it out, colour it in, and maybe to set up a home altar to honour Our Lady for the month that's in it with a couple of flowers from the garden. Something simple and also kind of to bring bring nature into the house and, and give honour to Our Lady while we're doing so. So, John, that's what we have. That's a good idea. Thank you very much, Neil, for that, Shane. OK, this being Vocations uh, Sunday... Um a prayer for vocations, this being Vocation Sunday. Almighty God, you have called us through baptism to discipleship with your Son, Jesus Christ, and you have sent us to bring good news of salvation to all peoples. We pray that those whom God is calling from our community to serve in priesthood or religious life may respond with generosity and faith, and that they may receive support, encouragement, and spiritual nourishment. For the seed of their vocation, in their families, and in the wider parish community, we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.
So now we'll go for our first bit of music and to introduce this piece of music, um, we're going to have our guest, actually, our guest in part two, join us there just for a few seconds to introduce this piece of music. But Noreen Lynch, good morning again and uh, welcome to Come and See Inspiration, Sacred Space. Thanks for joining us. Lovely to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation, John. Delighted to be here. We'll give you lots more time to speak in part two, but there's a piece of music that you, you suggested we play. Um, it might be a good idea to play it at this particular stage. Could you introduce it for us, please? Yeah, this is a piece that I know from my youth, from my teens. Uh, it's by a group that was based in Dublin, the Moss Emmaus, which is um, suitable for the what I'm going to talk about. But I think the particular, it's just a very meditative reflection called Trust, Surrender, Believe, receive trust surrender believe receive and i just invite you to almost let the music flow over you and pray particularly if you're finding the last few weeks difficult or challenging and you'd like something restful this is for you thanks for that noreen so join us again in part two with again noreen will be chatting to us giving us a few reflections and few thoughts on the current conditions that we're living through join us again in part two listeners to Sacred Space here at Come and See Inspirations production for West Limerick 102. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to have you with us on the programme this morning. Now, we are delighted to welcome back an old friend of the programme. We haven't had her on for quite a while. 
Uh, but as John said, uh, you know, so we're delighted to welcome back. Good morning, Noreen Lynch. How are you in this COVID time? <laughs> good morning, Shane. It's absolutely lovely to speak to you. Good morning, John. Good morning, Anne. It's good to be here. Thanks a million for the invitation. I'm in Dublin, but it's lovely to be able to chat to you across the, the airwaves and to be able to, to share this time with you. Um, all my family's in Limerick, so it's to be connected with, with Limerick through the programme is very special. Well, we're delighted to have you on. And as you said, of course, for it's it's very much uh, trying to make the connections. So this morning, Noreen, we were delighted to invite you onto the programme and to ask you maybe to share some thoughts with us on the current world, I suppose, that we are experiencing, the now that we are having at this moment in time. And I suppose maybe to help us to um, look for maybe faith or hope in what is at this time. Um, so I suppose you, to start off, you were asking us, we're going to play a piece of music and it's called, How Are You? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you want to tell us anything about it before we play it? I, I suppose just the context is, this is a lovely piece of music created by Chiara Conway. Um, Claire Galway would be her area. Um, she was working with the Galway hospitals as part of Galway 2020 to create some music for those in hospital or those who are not feeling well. And it really struck me when I heard it first because I thought for most of us, it's not that we're sick, but that we're not 100% ourselves at the moment and that we don't have a lot of people around who are checking in with us that normally would. We have phone calls and we have people who are very good to us. But the familiar comforts of family and friends mightn't be there. So I thought there's something very honest and very calming about just being asked, how are you? So we listen to Chiara. How are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? How something a little bit different, isn't it, from the norm? 
That uh, you took the words out of my mouth. That is, it's it's different, but at the same time, it was very, I don't know, very calling. And I suppose the the thing that struck me, Shane, was that often for for people now, there is a sense of not being in their own body or not being quite themselves. Um, and say, how are you in your mind and in your soul and in your body and in your heart? And, and just to sit with that a little bit, a friend was saying to me that, you know, they said this year it was funny, Holy Week was nearly easier than Easter because in some way in Holy Week I could journey with Jesus and I could really have that sense of going down into the tomb. But I found it hard to have a great sense of resurrection afterwards. I found it a bit of a struggle to say, yay, everything's perfect when I was still inside. And there was somebody who was cocooning and who just said, I'd love to just get out for a walk. And I, you know, I kind of feel I'm down in something. So the image that came into my head when I was thinking about it was these very famous caves in Lassou, in, I'm probably pronouncing it right, in France, or pronouncing it wrong, in France, where there was explorers went down exploring these small, dark caves. And they went right down into the caves and it was quite dark, quite dusty. And somebody raised a torch up and they suddenly realised that the whole roof had been covered in amazing prehistoric art. There's some of the most famous caves in France. There's these beautiful paintings of buffaloes and uh, of all different animals. And, and they, they're in these beautiful tan colours. And the, the image when I saw it, it just, I thought of that thing of being down in the darkness and thinking, how could you find God in the middle of this when you're feeling a bit down or a bit dull in yourself? And that without even realising that around us there was this beauty that these people hadn't thought of. And I, I suppose where it led me was into, into a poem that I've been kind of going back to a lot over the last few weeks. If you don't mind me sharing that, I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking, Shane, while I can. <laughs> um, <laughs> no problem. But, uh, Kim Rosen is a, is a poet and she has a lovely poem about caterpillars and butterflies that relates to Easter and the resurrection. So just to, to explain to you, what she discovered when she looked into how did a caterpillar become a butterfly? Well, you know, a caterpillar forms a cocoon, but it doesn't really intend to be a butterfly. It's not setting out. It's quite happy with its life. It's eating. It's doing what it needs to do. Its life is going along. But it finds itself pulled into this cocoon or drawn into this cocoon. And when it's inside, what actually happens to a caterpillar is it begins to, sh the cells within the caterpillar begin to vibrate. And as the more cells that vibrate and the more all the cells vibrate at the same energy, the caterpillar as such just begins to, to fall apart. It begins to liquefy and reform in a new way as a, this very vulnerable, weak butterfly that's going to actually need to squeeze out through a tiny little hole in the cocoon for its strength to come into its wings and to really be its full self. And, and King, Kim Rosen wrote this poem, which I'm just going to read slowly to give you a sense. I hope it's, you can hear me. It says, do you know how the caterpillar turns? Do you remember what happens inside a cocoon? You liquefy. There, in the thick black of your self-spun womb, void as the moon before waxing, you melt, as Christ did for three days in the tomb, conceiving in impossible darkness the sheer inevitability of wings. Liquify, conceiving in impossible darkness, the sheer inevitability of wings. And I suppose the reason I share that, it's a, it's a, it's a very deep kind of a broad poem, is I'm, I've been kind of carrying the image of a moss, of Emmaus, that 
the apostles even a mason walking and i have a real sense of these men who who had made a huge commitment and who knew what they believed in it their hero had been knocked and their confidence knocked and they found themselves returning home and they were just trying to talk out what had happened to them and make sense of it and it really echoes with me with the, what what it's like for a lot of people we can't walk together but we're we're phoning each other or texting each other or just in the quiet of our hearts trying to make sense of what's happening and what's going on and, and there's almost a sense of these men walking and the heartbreak was vibrating out of them nearly. The, the waves of hurt, their dream was liquefying, was, was falling apart. And I remember thinking, in, and I saw my own journal when I was taking notes, talking about why didn't Jesus just say, da-da, here I am. You know, the women had already told them that the, about the resurrection. They couldn't hear it. Jesus didn't come and just say, look, here I am. In some way, he let them walk and make sense out of all of this. Let them talk about their disappointments. They, they were almost in this cocoon, in this small place of disappointment, trying to make sense of it all. And he let them talk. And I was wondering, what's, what's that about? Why didn't Jesus just fix everything immediately? And what about for me when I'm in the middle of trying to make sense of COVID and all that's going on? And I was lucky enough, I, I, I got to read a, an article by Rebecca Salnett during the week. Somebody sent it to me. And she had a beautiful article. What she said was that, during when this started, she started to go online and read fairy tales for children. But she tried to pick things that were interesting because she said fairy tales are not like superheroes. They're very ordinary people trying to figure out really difficult stuff. And she said, nearly all of us would like to be at the end of the story. Because to live in the middle of it is to live in suspense and uncertainty about what will happen. She said, we, we want to know how it ends. And if somebody would tell us COVID will be over on May the 5th or on June the 30th or on even December the 31st, once we'd know, we'd be happy, we could plan. And I thought, isn't that so like what was happening with those men on that walk coming out of Jerusalem, walking towards the mouse? They were thinking, would somebody tell us the end of the story so that we'd know then we could relax? So really, they really get what it's like to be in the middle of the story of not being sure what's happening next, not knowing what's coming on. And she kind of talks about how when... When we come out of the story, all of these fairy stories, all of these hero stories that we carry, always things are different. And when we come out of this story, things are going to be different too. And for the apostles, things are going to be different. But we look at it and we say, oh, they had a great experience. They saw Jesus and knew everything was fine. But in truth, what happened was they went from being absolutely certain of their disappointment to having this great, amazing revelation. And then they ran back to Jerusalem with excitement. But they had to figure out what does all this mean? And everything's changed utterly. What can we do? And knowing the end wasn't going to help them. Actually, there was something about trying to sit and sit with sheer not knowing and say, what can we do? And so that piece of music, trust, surrender, believe, receive, that we heard at the start, really just spoke to me as that, that sense of needing to almost say, Lord, I don't know where this is going. I'm not sure what I'm doing with this. I'm not sure where it's taken me. I'm going to try and trust you. And then at the same time, there was a little bit of me going, oh my God, if I was able to be that calm, sure, I wouldn't need, I'd be fine. I'd be praying away. I'd be fine. I, I find myself in the middle of all this, recognizing the apostles, being very clear that Jesus is with me, but I am so antsy and easily irritated and, and trying to be all Easter positive, I find really tiring. You know, there's days I just don't have that in me. Mm -hmm. And so I came back again and I said, Lord, you know, where are you calling me in this? And I came to one other thing. 
Am I okay for time, Shane, or am I talking too much? <laughs> You're fine. Keep going. I came to this lovely piece um, by Sarah Bessie that I found very helpful, and I share really just that it might be helpful for any of us. Sarah's a mother of older and younger children. She's an American woman. And she said that she's living in a house with... So she's an introvert, so she's exhausted at the end of the day and she loves her 30-minute bath and trying to get small moments in the day. She was saying to herself, you know, why can't I be all positive and just love everything and love everyone? And that was her, her dream, that she would be a person who would be really positive. She, she found it hard. And then she remembered this poem that she had found from Daniel Ladinsky. I'm just going to read it for you and offer it as just a final thought. He said, I think God might be a little prejudiced. For once, God asked me to join him on a walk through this world. And we gazed into every heart on this earth. And I noticed God lingered a bit longer before any face that was weeping and before any eyes that were laughing. And sometimes when we passed a soul in worship, God too would kneel down. I have come to learn God adores his creation. I have come to learn God adores his creation. And so, Shane, I was thinking that when Jesus was walking with the apostles, it would have been very tempting for him to rush in and give them the end of the story. But he had this huge respect for them, for the journey they were on, trying to make sense out of what had happened. He wasn't half as interested in the ending of the story as he was with being with them in the middle of the story. And he stayed and he listened and he let them talk and he talked with them. And I have this huge just sense in myself at the moment that God adores his creation, that Jesus really cares about the fact about being with us, not just that we'll know the ending or that everyone thing will turn out right, but that maybe in little particular ways, as Sarah says, not trying to love everybody all the time, but picking maybe a flower, a moment somebody was kind to you and saying, thanks be to God for that. Maybe not recognizing God in everything that maybe the prayers I usually say aren't as aren't as comforting as they normally are. But maybe taking one thing that helps me and just holding on to that. Being grateful for small things, a cup of tea somebody brings you, a phone call that comes through. And saying, I don't know the ending, but I just have a sense God is with me in this. All these little small signs are signs that God is. God's present in the groceries that are delivered. God's present in the little cowslips that are grown up around the corner of the house in the phone call, in a soft pillow or in strong support for your back when you need it. And I suppose I, I just came to see that often we're looking for God in the extraordinary, where God is. But in this time, when we're reduced to a laughing and small spaces and small moments, it's okay to find God in the ordinary and just to look around and say, there you are. Thanks for being with me. There you are. Thanks for being with me. And I thought I might finish by sharing a couple of the places that I found those ordinary signs in the week, which is in good people, in nice neighbours, in family, in friends. And I have a little song that I just put there that I might share if that's okay, called Good People. Noreen, thank you so much for that. And uh, we're just going to we're going to just close out this uh, part of the program, I think. And uh, just by listening to this this lovely piece of music. And are you going to stay on with us for part three? I will, of course. Thanks a million. My neighbors would avoid.
stands. Here we laugh and sympathize, talk drinks and films and other times, in silence and advise each other her Welcome back again to Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shan Ambrose and Noreen Lynch under the Skype lines. Um, thanks a lot, Noreen, for that beautiful reflection. Uh, and now we're going to continue on with a very important part of the program where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And Shane, you might share this, share this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture, please. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. <clears throat> we know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So the Gospel for today, the fourth Sunday of Easter, is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 1 to 10. Jesus said, to, Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold through the gate, but gets in some other way, is a thief and a brigand. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the flock. The gatekeeper lets, lets him in, and the sheep hear his voice. One by one he calls his own sheep and leads them out. When he has brought, brought out his flock, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow, because they know his voice. They never follow a stranger, but run away from him. They do not recognize the voice of strangers. Jesus told them this parable, but they failed to understand what he meant by telling it to them. So Jesus spoke again. I tell you most solemnly, I am the gate of the sheepfold. All others who have come are thieves and brigands. But the sheep took no notice of them. I am the gate. Anyone who enters through me will be safe. He will go freely in and out and be sure of finding pasture. The thief, com the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come so that I may have life and have it to the full. A beautiful gospel again, lads, for the fourth Sunday needs to taken from John chapter 10, verse 1 to 10. Noreen, have you got a thought or two you might want to share with us, please? Well, I suppose uh, just 
the, the thing that often strikes me when I heard that gospel first would be, oh, it sounds harsh. And, and then I just thought, well, surely there's great grace in just recognizing the sound or the voice of God, the voice of the shepherd, and of saying, you know, the voice of the shepherd is kind and is good. And if, if somebody's coming and their voice is harsh or cruel or they're just trying to, to get you to do things because you should, you can say, well, is this really the voice of the shepherd? The voice of the shepherd cares for me, loves me, minds me. Um, and, and just that thing of maybe trusting our, our our instinct, first of all, and trusting the Holy Spirit to really help us to hear the word of God, to hear the voice of God, challenging and inspiring us, but really nurturing us, particularly at this time. And I suppose that the other thing I'd say is that often when things are difficult or when we're struggling at times like this, the usual prayers that, that carry us might be a comfort and we might say, I can't pray or I'm not able or I'm not, I'm struggling with that. And to just say, no, I'm just going to listen out for the voice of the shepherd, for the true and gentle and kind voice of the shepherd and the people around me, in the place I'm in, in nature. And, and in hearing that, I know that God is close to me and, and that that really might be just something that people might hold in their hearts over the next while, that you know yourself when, you, when God is speaking to you. You know when God years of experience of listening and hearing that voice of the Holy Spirit. So just to listen for that, even in the difficult times. And that's enough. It sure is. Noreen, thanks a lot for that. Shane? Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I suppose it's it's interesting. Uh, this gospel from, from, from John um, comes as we're kind of, you know, um, four weeks into the celebration of Easter. Because as we remind people often enough on the programme, you know, you celebrate, are you sorry, you, you observe Lent for 40 days and you're entitled to observe Easter for 50. Um, you know, it's Eastertide. Um, and as for me, I suppose this gospel today, it, it, it's, it, there's a number of ways of trying, my head was trying to engage with it. And then I was kind of going, well, Shane, maybe stop overthinking it and stop analysing it and just listen to it. Um, because that sometimes can be can be can be part of it as well. Because of course, today is it's called Good Shepherd Sunday because this is the gospel that's given to us. It's traditionally when there are prayers and attention given, particularly for the call to the religious life and to the priesthood, uh, and also to for us to discern and listen to what we are called to be in our own path as we journey with God and to God. Um, but just listening to this gospel this morning, I suppose there was two things that struck me about it. The first one was that um, the sheep follow because they know his voice. And I was kind of going, how do we get to know that voice? How, where, where, where do we get to know that voice? And secondly, how do we create the space to listen to that voice? Because... Even in the midst of where we are at the minute, where people are are in home and 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 cocooning and all the rest of it, there can be a sense that even we're we're caught in the busyness of it as well. You know, in terms of whatever's on the radio, listening to the news, or kind of dealing with the the practicalities of life. You know, um, like the, the one of the things that strike me is I'm 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 looking up at the moment my job continues, um, but I'm thinking of many people that are struggling to mind their jobs and family and children and cooking and you know all that kind of thing in a confined space, or those that are not in that position and are are alone and feel so isolated in many respects, uh, and particularly um, 
a, a person I was talking to during the week who, who's, who's, who's actually cocooning. And they said they, they're not great at the internet. And they said if they hear one more person tell them about something that's online that they don't have access to, they were going to crack up. And it struck me that in the middle of all of that, where do we have the space and the time uh, to hear that voice, to be able to discern what that voice is, is, is calling us to do or calling us to be? Actually, that's the one thing that struck me about it. When we talk about um, listening to that voice, and particularly in the context of Vocation Sunday, it's not necessarily calling us to, be, to do something. It's calling us to be. It's calling us to be who we're meant to be and being able to listen to what that is saying. The second thing then that struck me was, I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. And I suppose that for me, I think, is the, is the hope line that I'm, I'm clinging to for the coming week. Um, you know, the last couple of Sundays, which have been very, very strange Sundays, I think we'll all agree, um, very difficult Sundays, you know, in terms of just the understanding and believing and celebrating faith and church and Eucharist and everything like that. And it's so for, for what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to find what I call a hope line in the gospel, something that I can think about for the week, something that I can keep going with for the week. And for me, this line is, I have come so they may have life and have it to the full. And people will say, well, God, we're definitely having a half life now or a quarter life now. And I'm thinking, yes, compared to what we had before, maybe. Um, but look for the things to be grateful for, like Noreen was talking about in, in, in part two of the of the program and that reflection that beautiful reflection we had and i think it's trying to live in the now <clears throat> rather than the, the, the cumulative now it's trying to live with the moments and finding those times of gratitude because that's where we will discover that full life and the opportunities that it's presented to us at the moment to kind of reassess to pause to gather to think and to suddenly reconnect maybe with ourselves and with others in ways that we didn't even imagine. Um, so for me, I think, John, that was that was kind of the two thoughts that struck me on, on, on this particular Sunday Gospel. Thanks a lot, Shane. Well, um, I've often mentioned in this programme before, my, my favourite line of, uh, out of Scripture is in today's Gospel. Actually, it's the, it's the last verse, I've come that you may have life. You just mentioned yourself, Shane, and, and have it to the full. It's something for some reason stayed with me over the years. It's, it's, I find it very inspirational that he's come to give us life and life to the full. And okay, I know, as you said earlier on, Shane, that, that these days people can have different interpretations of that. What do you mean? You know, the life to the full is only half full and so on and so forth. But there's another line in that gospel too, which, which also says that he will go freely in and freely out and be sure of finding pasture. And I think that's for ourselves too. I, I think as we go about our daily, our daily lives now, structured as they are because of this COVID-19, we'll be going in and out of various things. And I think within those various experiences that we have in our life these days, there is pasture there. There's good pasture there. There's something new. There's something maybe that we're, going, that we're experiencing now that maybe we wouldn't have time to experience before. We had other things in our mind that were more important and all that sort of stuff. But now we have to stop. 
No, we have to listen. No, we have to notice. And we've all mentioned these days of how quiet it is, especially for those who are cocooning um, in our localities and, you know, not too many cars passing by. We can hear the birds again. We can see things in nature. We can see little bits of growth coming. Um, all this sort of stuff, I, I, I think, to me anyway, is an experience of the Lord leading us to live in the life, live in the life to its full. I think the other side of it too uh, today is we're also asked as well um, to remember vocations, uh, to pray for vocations, maybe to, to priesthood and religious life. But I don't think that's all. That, that's only just got to be for priests and religious too. Yeah, that, that, that's very important, and and we need somebody to bring that good message, to bring that good news that we heard there in the gospel about bringing bringing people. People need to hear that that Jesus does come to bring people to the life that is full. And priests and religious do that. But we can also do that too, because there's times when priests and religious just aren't around. They're not in the company that we ourselves, secular people, have a place to be in. So maybe each of us maybe could take a few moments today to see where we might be able to bring that good news to people, to tell people, listen, guys, do you know, this guy, Jesus, he's all right, he's got a good message. Uh, and he's, he's come to give us food and he's come to nourish us and he's come to help us out. But maybe I've got to change my thinking around a little bit and maybe not be so anti some of the things that I might have heard before about Christianity and Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church and all that sort of stuff. Take time to listen, to ponder. I've got plenty of time to do that these days. So my thoughts now today is, is, is to thank God for giving us this life, this life to the full. I've just got to try and find it. Just got to be there to be aware that it's out there. And if I'm going to keep on thinking that I want the life, I want the full life that I want, well, maybe I'm not going to get that. Maybe give Jesus a chance. Give God a chance to see what he's got to offer me. Anyway, that's my little thoughts. And thanks a lot, guys, for, for your thoughts there, for sharing. I'm sure, that, I'm sure there's people out there, and I meet them. I, I, I meet them, especially these days who are around the Newcastle West area, West Limerick area, um, who do rely on a programme like this to keep them going, uh, you know, to, to give some good news. Uh, the, the, you know, the good news is that we are, we are in this together and we are there to try to help each other, to use the talents that we have together, like Shane does every week and Noreen done this morning. We thank you again for that, Noreen, for sharing that lovely news. I'm sure there's people will be reflecting on that, on that again during the week, and maybe take that with them. So thanks a lot, Noreen, for joining us. It was great, great, great to have you on again, Noreen. Lovely to be here with you. It's lovely. I really, thanks for the invitation. And Shane, again, thanks a lot for a lovely programme. Okay, John, thank you. We'll do it all again next week. But in the meantime, we'll go out with a piece of music. And because this is Vocation Sunday, I know it's the month of May, and we had a lot of... Um, music to Mary lined up and we were tossing about which one to have but maybe I'll, I'll use this one to go out with this morning because it being Vocation Sunday it's the year of Vocation Song 2008 actually going back 12 years ago by Patricia Burke and this one is entitled You'll Be My Witnesses so to, until next week for myself Shane and from Noreen God bless you all we'll talk to you again next week now bye
I've loved you so you 